0: Here's the rundown for this edition of The Cigar Dave Show. Number one, up, up in the air in a Chinese commie spy balloon. Number two, the crumbling empire state of New York says a 75% tax on cigars isn't enough. And number three, murder in Memphis by Dirty Cops. Our featured cigar and bold alpha spirit selections, the CAO Nicaragua, and Jefferson's Ocean Voyage Bourbon. The Cigar Dave Show is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha Pure Evil. Blended for cigar connoisseurs, able to handle a full-flavored cigar loaded with strength, power, and richness. Don't let the name fool you. Gurkha Pure Evil is pure cigar pleasure. Visit Gurkascigars.com and by Davidoff of Geneva and their AVO portfolio of cigars, including the AVO Heritage. Crafted through centuries of traditions, AVO Heritage was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar with strength, complexity, and impeccable smoothness. Savor every note of the spice-laden AVO Heritage, available at DavidoffGeneva.com.
1: This is The Cigar Dave Show with The General. Well, we have had a Chinese Kami
0: CCP spy balloon hover over our nation's skies for the last three days, four days now. And our leaders and military leaders have done not a damn Thing. I will get into that. long ash greetings and salutations. A long ash snappy salute. Semper delectatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Hashtag more than ever now. Save America. It is your global five-star general. Alpha male in chief cigar Dave reporting for duty as always from the skiff. That would be the Secure Cigar Ignition Facility. The FBI can raid me all they want, but I make sure that all of our cigars and classified blends that I am privy to are secure in the SCIF, the Secure Cigar Ignition Facilities. Well, the last four days, unbeknownst to us for the first two days of the four, a Chinese Communist spy balloon, has been hovering high over the United States of America, 60,000 feet, gathering intelligence, spying on us over some very secure, important military facilities. When I heard it was over Montana, you knew damn well they weren't looking for farmland. You knew exactly what they were looking for. doesn't take a rocket scientist or a military genius to know that our Intercontinental ballistic missiles, nuclear missiles, are located in silos deep below Montana. And for two days, the commander-in-chief, brain-dead Joe Biden, the top brass at the military, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, led by General Mark mouse a total embarrassment to the military, and to the other great generals that have served in the United States military since our nation's founding. And the other top brass at the Pentagon have done not a damn thing. I heard yesterday the briefing from one of the, uh, I think he's an Air Force brigadier general, the spokesperson now at the Pentagon. And when he was asked directed questions, most of the time, he said, we can't get into that. That's classified. We can't get into that. Well, where's this thing going? Well, oh, yeah, we can't get into that. We, think it's all, we know it's over the center part of this, the country, but we can't get into where it's going. We can't get into this. We can't get into that. For two days, the military, the President of the United States, Commander-in-Chief, kept the fact that a Chinese Communist spy balloon has been gathering intelligence over our country And the only reason they admitted that it was happening was because people started to look in the sky and see this white thing, clear blue sky, and you see this shiny white thing that almost looked like the moon, but it wasn't the moon. And people started taking pictures with super telephoto lenses. They started taking videos. And then the Pentagon had to come clean and admit that for the past, now four days, started with two, now four days, A Chinese Communist Party, CCP, People's Republic of China, spy balloon, giant. This thing's the equivalent of like three buses. And apparently the intel gathering unit is the equivalent of a giant fire truck. We haven't shot this thing down. We're looking at this thing. We're allowing them to gain intel. And the excuse that we heard was, well... We want to be careful because we don't want to blow it down. It could rain debris all over people and places. It's over Montana, one of the most least densely populated states in the country. I'll give an example. I think the population of Montana, if I'm not mistaken, is somewhere. Well, let me let me look exactly to be sure. But I can tell you one thing. I know and I've spoken about this before. That the population of Montana, if I am not mistaken, is around the is less than the population of Hillsborough County, which is the county in which the Cigar City of Tampa, where I am conducting broadcast maneuvers from right now, resides. sits in. Okay, Montana population topped the one million mark in 2020. One million Let's just call it one point one million. Hillsborough County alone, which is the county that Tampa sits in, I think, is about a million four in a much more compact area. And they're worried about shooting this thing down. My answer would be: as soon as I'm the commander in chief, what the hell are you waiting for? Shoot the damn thing to smithereens! And they're allowing more intelligence to continue. It is absurd. We look so weak on the world stage. We look like a bunch of wussified. We don't look. I shouldn't say the United States. It's the leadership or lack thereof. The military generals, the the brain trust of the Pentagon, and I use that loosely, a commander-in-chief that should be sitting right now In the situation room, until this thing is blown out of the sky, it should have been done four days ago when it first entered into American airspace. But no. We have an incredible group of wussified, pansy-ass betas that can't make decisions in the Pentagon, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and sitting in the Oval Office. It is beyond embarrassing when I hear Biden blatantly lie and say that we now are just more respected on the world stage than when President Trump was in office, let me, let me clarify that. The reason that other countries, especially European countries, had a distaste for the United States of America when President Trump was president is because he called them out on being deadbeats and not living up to their contractual agreement in NATO which requires a 2% gross domestic product expenditure every year on military-related expenses, on troops, on hardware, on weapons. I think out of NATO countries, I think there's three or four, including the United States, Poland, and a couple of smaller countries that are meeting the 2%. And once again, it's always the United States of America that writes the big checks, Perfect example, let's take a look at what's going on in Ukraine. The European countries were the first to say, oh, we've got to help Ukraine. We can't allow this. We are going to make sure Ukraine has weapons. Ukraine has proper funding. The entire European Union, all the countries in Europe, have contributed less than the United States of America. We are over $100 billion. $100 billion to secure the skies and the borders of Ukraine, yet we have a president, a commanderless schmuck-in-chief that is allowing our American borders to be penetrated by a Chinese Communist Party spy balloon. So we have contributed, the United States, $100 billion to the Ukraine nonsensical war effort, and we ought to cut that spigot off. Should have been cut off a long time ago. And yet Europe, all their talk, we're here to help. Once again, they're deadbeats. And Biden loves to say, well, all the polls show Europeans, we, we are, we're back on the main stage. We have a much higher, they have a higher regard for us. Sure, because you are weak, feckless, and incompetent, and Europe loves the fact that you're writing all the checks, and they're not. I I, I equate that to having six best friends. You go out to lunch every, let's say, or lunch or dinner on a regular basis, let's say every week. And let's just say that the first week, you go to, you're all going to lunch, the check comes. You know, the check is whatever it is, a couple hundred dollars, two, three, four hundred dollars, and you say, hey, I'm going to pick it up this week. And here's what we'll do. Instead of splitting it, I'll pick it up this week. Then you pick it up the following week. And you, oh, sure, all the friends are like, sure, great, makes perfect sense. So you uh, dole out your credit card and whatever it is, is, three, $400 with tip. boom, you pay for it. Then you go out to lunch the following week. The check comes. Nobody's grabbing the check. The other five people at the table are all looking around, ignoring everything. The check is sitting right there in the middle of the table. Nobody's picking it up. But you look and say, geez, I mean, we got to pay it. So you feel badly and you say, fine, I'll pick it up. But next week, you guys are going to pick it up. And they all nod, sure, yep, no problem. And you go out to lunch the third week. And the same thing happens. And then you hit a point and say, gentlemen, we're all friends. We're supposedly friends. I've picked up lunch the last two weeks. I'm not picking up lunch today. One of you will pick it up. That was our agreement. At which point they look and say, well, if you were really a friend, you'd pick it up. And make you. they make you feel badly for doing it, for asking them to pay their fair share. And that's exactly what the Europeans and the NATO countries have done. We're always picking up the check. President Trump put an end to it. They didn't like that. And then, of course, we had the Democrats saying, well, we're, they're, we're, they're our allies. There are friends. If they're your friends, they would live up to their contractual agreement. If they're your friends, they would pick up the tab. Same thing, the same analogy I just used. If they're your friends, they would look and say, hey, you picked it up last week and the week before. I'm picking it up this week. And then the other guy looks around and says, to you other four guys, we're going in order next week. You're all picking it up. But no, all of a sudden, They say, when you say, well, let's grab lunch. Yeah, no, we can't go to lunch. We're busy. And then the lunches end. Why? Because they wanted to take advantage of you. They wanted you to pick up the tab. They're your friends as long as you are picking up the tab. And when you're not, not so much. Same exact analogy. We look feckless. We look weak. This is a test by Xi Jinping and the CCP. This is an absolute test. They're seeing how far they can go. And they've got their answer. They can go all the way. They can keep sending all the damn balloons they want because they know we're not going to shoot it down. And I say we, not me. You and I would shoot the damn thing down in three seconds, milliseconds, shoot it to smithereens. President Trump would have shot it down to smithereens. Guaranteed. But Joe Biden and the Biden crime family are a wholly owned subsidiary of the Chinese Communist Party. That's why they're not doing a damn thing. Now, we have no idea whether the military general said, look, Mr. President, we've got to shoot this thing down, or they're just covering for the fact that the commander-in-chief said, no, we're not going to do anything. We don't have a straight answer, but we need a straight answer. The commander-in-chief, his number one job, is to uh, guarantee the security of the United States. More than anything else, guarantee our security. Our security has been breached by an hostile enemy country. And many businesses and Wall Streeters and globalists have allowed China to become a huge economic power. And they are spreading their power across the globe. And many countries that have dealt with China are now seeing that when you deal with China, you are truly dealing with the devil. They'll fund all your projects, and then they'll put you in bankruptcy, and they'll take all your natural resources. That's colonization, and that's what the Chinese Communist Party is doing in South America, in Asia, all around the globe. And yet, here in the United States... We are doing nothing. We are doing nothing as this balloon hovers, gathering more intelligence by the minute. This thing has been over our country now four days. As I record this edition of the Cigar Dave Show, it is now 10.50 a.m. Eastern time on Saturday, February 4th, and I have various TVs on here at Command Center Alpha, and I see the same thing. Spy balloon is still over. hasn't been shot down yet. And now they're saying, well... It's probably going to exit somewhere over Georgia or the South Sunday or Monday. Then we have a 12-mile window to get to shoot it down. Sure, right as they go over Georgia to get information about our submarine bases. It is amazing how stupid the leadership in Washington, in the Pentagon, the Oval Office, even the House and Senate truly are. For the last four years, what have we heard from the Democrats? Russia, Russia, Russia. This isn't about Russia. Russia's weak. Russia can't even win a war against Ukraine. Now, the fact that we're helping Ukraine and and touting the bill, but they should have been able to finish that relatively quickly if Russia's the supposed superpower that we've been told they were. Never underestimate the ability of dipshit politicians, especially Democrats and liberals, to take their eye off the true, important ball. It's not Russia. It is China. It has always been China. And every American company that makes their shit over in China is guilty. Is guilty of aiding and abetting the Chinese Communist Party. That includes Apple. That includes all the other companies that make their garbage. I just bought these four airtight canisters to put coffee or other food in. And it says... Uh, great, great product. I think it was like 30, 32 bucks. They're like these stainless steel canisters. It's got this lid. You push in, it gets rid of all the air. It's perfect for coffee. So I have multiple types of coffee. Coffee, I bought four of them on the brochure. It says engineered in Wyoming, manufactured in China. We can't make this shit here in the United States. We don't have the capability to make this stuff. It is outrageous that every American company keeps getting stuff made in China and contributing to an enemy that wants to destroy us. Ninety-some-odd percent of our pharmaceutical raw ingredients, where are they made? China! Everybody talking about, we need to go to electric vehicles. We need to decarbonize clean energy. Never mind that you need power sources to be able to charge the batteries in the car, and we know that primarily it's natural gas or nuclear. But yet, where are the batteries? Where's the biggest component? Lithium. Where is that mine from? China. Again, stupid people in Washington. Incompetent, feckless schmucks. That's the only way you can put it. The Chinese Communist government, the People's Republic of China, the PRC, came out with a statement And they still maintain that the spy balloon is a civilian weather balloon. And, of course, they are accusing U.S. politicians of hyping it up as an attack to attack and smear China. It's amazing how they love turning everything around. How can you tell when the Chinese Communist Party or Xi Jinping or any Chinese official is lying? Simple. They're opening their mouth and talking. They spread the Wuhan virus, let it spread around the world. And listen, I'm thrilled that China's had to be locked down the last three years. I'm thrilled that millions of Chinese people got the Wuhan virus. They got what they deserve. Now, the Chinese people are screwed because it's one million Chinese Communist Party members that essentially control China. And of the million, there's maybe a thousand that really control everything. But if the police all of a sudden said, we're not going to do this, Forget it, the Chinese Communist Party would be out of business, but they don't. So here's what the People's Republic of China, the statement they came out with earlier today, and I will do it in my Chinese-American accent.
2: Regarding the unintended entry of a Chinese unmanned airship into U.S. airspace due to force majeure, The Chinese side has verified it and communicated to the U.S. side. It is a civilian airship used for research, mainly meteorological purposes. Affected by the westerlies and with limited self-steering capability, the uh, airship deviated from its planned course. Excuse me while I have a sip of Chinese tea. Mm. Ah, I'm now in mood for Egg Yang. They continue. This is an entirely unexpected situation caused by force majeure, and the facts are very clear. China always acts in a strict accordance with international law and respects the sovereignty and territorial integrity of all countries. We have uh, no intention to violate and has never violated the territory or airspace of any sovereign country. Some politicians and media in the United States have hyped it up to attack and smear China. The Chinese side is firmly opposed to that.
0: All blatant lies. And by the way, China ought to stick to what they know best, delivering Chinese technology. Uh, food. Whether it is General Chow chicken, egg rolls, spare ribs, egg foo young, Muguai pan chicken chow mein, the Happy Family seafood dish. That's what they ought to stick to. Not infiltrating our airspace. And for them to say they respect other countries, they've been screwing around with Taiwan now for the last year, ever since Joe Biden brain-dead Biden took office. The world has gone to shit. There's no other way to say it. The world has gone to shit. Everything seems to have gone off the rails. Russia invades Ukraine. China sending over spy balloons. You just name it. Inflation rampant. And by the way, yesterday, brain-dead Biden said Oh, uh, uh, we've managed inflation. You should have seen inflation when we took office. It was a disaster. It was 1.7% or 1.6%. And you always know he's lying when he says, come on, man. When he says, come on, man, no joke. You know he is lying his ass off. And yesterday at at a, uh, a press conference to, of course, he didn't take questions because he's brain dead but at a press conference to tout the fact that half a million new jobs were created. Lowest unemployment rate ever. That was all started under President Trump, by the way. Amazing how he forgets that inflation skyrocketed, the cost of gas skyrocketed, eggs have skyrocketed, all under his lack of leadership. But then he says, I I inherited all this. You know that. Come on, man. No joke. Whenever Biden says no joke, you have my word as a Biden. Come on, man. You know he is lying. He lies left and right. Sometimes he doesn't even know because he's so brain dead. This Chinese communist spy balloon should have been blown to smithereens the second it crossed. We've got NORAD. The North American you know, radar defense, they've got satellites. They have got, they got everything. They know everything going on over the skies. They knew when this thing was launched. They knew where it was launched from. They could track it as it's coming in. Went over the Aleutian Islands, just south of, of Alaska, into Canada, into the U.S. We did nothing. My question is, was it the military brass that said, don't do a thing? And knowing Millie, uh, Mark Milley Mouse, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, remember, he called his counterpart in the People's Republic Army of China between January sixth and January twentieth of two thousand twenty-one, and said. I just want you to know. Don't worry about anything. If the president orders us to bomb you, don't worry. I'll oversee. I'll supersede it. He committed an act of treason. The commander in chief is the elected official that has the sole authority to launch a nuclear weapon. Now the reality is, Trump wasn't going to launch anything. He, he for four years we weren't into war. He kept us out of war. But Mark Milley, in a treasonous manner calls the Speaker of the House behind the Commander-in-Chief's back, who he reports to, by the way, and his counterpart in China, and tells them, don't worry, I'll let you know if there's an attack. Mark Milley is compromised. Mark Milley is another incompetent, more worried about pronouns and vaccine mandates than he is about securing this country. And same with the Democrats' When they had the House and they've had the Senate, they took their eye off the ball. And now the rest of the world looks at us and says, what the hell's going on with the United States? They're allowing this balloon to come over and fly over the country? They've got to shot this thing down immediately. So I want to know, who is to blame? Is it brain-dead Biden, the commander-in-chief who is a wholly-owned subsidiary of the Chinese Communist Party? Is he to blame for not shooting this down? and protecting our secrets, is it Mark Milley? Is it the other generals in the Pentagon? Who? I want to know. I can guarantee you one thing. If that balloon had a red MAGA uh, hat on, Make America Great Again hat, you can be sure that brain-dead Biden and all the generals in the Pentagon would have said, we got to get that thing down. we got to blow that out of the sky. It's got a red MAGA hat- cap on there. You can be sure. I say that facetiously, but that's the truth. Biden has no problem going after American citizens, but enemies of America, true enemies, the Chinese Communist Party, flying an intelligence-gathering balloon, a spy balloon, he does nothing. A true national embarrassment. The 25th Amendment should be enacted on him immediately. He is incompetent. And I hate to say... It'll be too late. All of a sudden, we'll be attacked by China, and it'll be too late. Unbelievable. China now looks and says, Well, if the United States isn't going to protect their own homeland, they sure as hell aren't going to do anything about Taiwan when we go to invade. And I'm telling you, China's going to invade. China doesn't give a shit about the fact that we buy all, you know, we're the largest uh, trade partner with them. They don't care, they want world domination. Xi Jinping is no different than Adolf Hitler. He's put Uyghurs, millions, into work camps and concentration camps. There's no difference between Xi Jinping and Adolf Hitler. Evil is evil. He should be taken out. The whole Chinese Communist Party should be taken out. And yet, we do nothing. It is a royal embarrassment. Biden's got to go. Can you imagine right now? the great American generals, General Washington, General Patton, General Eisenhower, General Schwarzkopf, they would be outraged and mortified. They are rolling in their graves at the weakness right now. It is amazing how this country has gone right down the tubes in a short time. It started with Obama, Trump turned it around, and as soon as Biden came in, I said, and I said on this show, I said, I'm telling you, give it a year. Biden's going to turn this country to shit. It's going to screw everything up. I was wrong. It took four months. And we are paying the piper. And by the way, that's the consequence of having a fraudulent election. Biden didn't win. You can call me an election denier all you want. We see the evidence. And we see the fact that the Libstream media, they are absolutely part of the corruption. What took place in Arizona, in Maricopa County... For the governor's election and the the most recent midterm election, that's an embarrassment. Fraudulent elections have consequences. We are paying the piper right now. Don't delay. Blow the damn Chinese Communist Party spy balloon out of the sky in 10 million damn pieces. I'll tell you another thing I'd like to blow up into about 10 million pieces, and that's the New York State tax code. It is not enough for the crumbling empire state of New York to have a 75% excise tax on cigars. Highest excise tax in the country. And there is no cap. Many other states have a 75% excise tax on cigars, but they cap it at 40 or 50 cents. So the tax, even though it's 75%, the true tax may be 10%, 5%, whatever the case may be. Not enough for New York State. Kathy Hochul, the feckless governor, who also was elected in New York State, is rampant with election fraud. You don't have to show ID when Cigar Sister Lynn used to live in New York City. She'd go to the poll place, bring out her ID, and they go, no, you don't need that, don't worry about it. And even in a state that is overwhelmingly Democrat, rampant with election fraud, Hochul only won by, I think, what, 300,000, 400,000 votes. Lee Zeldin put up a great fight. But the sheer overwhelming numbers of Democrats and the fraud that takes place in New York, not enough for him to overcome. But let's take a tale of two different states, shall we? On one hand, we have the crumbling empire state of New York, And on the other hand, we've got the freedom state of Florida. Now, I'm from New York State originally. I'm a Buffalo native, lived in New York State for my first 18 years. Grew up in Buffalo, went to Syracuse University, and then after college, moved to another Democrat state, unfortunately, Maryland. But it wasn't as bad as it is today. And then I moved to Florida 34 years ago. The population... New York State used to be the third uh, largest state in terms of population. At one time, I think it was second behind California. Then it was third behind Texas. And now it's behind Florida. New York State's population is just around 20 million, whereas the population of Florida is about 22.5 million. Now, in terms of land mass, I think they're both roughly about the same. In terms of population, Florida now has about a 10 15% advantage over New York state. Kathy Hochul just launched just released her upcoming year budget, the 2000 I think 23 or 24 fiscal budget. 227 billion dollars in expenditures. There are budget gaps, deficits. They don't use the word deficit. They say there are gaps over the next three years of $22 billion. And in their own report, it says due to the reduction of tax receipts. Why is that? Income tax receipts, sales tax, because people are leaving the state. They don't want to live, especially after the Wuhan virus lockdowns. They don't want to live in New York. When I go to visit New York, I can't wait to get out. It, you just feel a difference. Florida is free, pro business, the roads are great, we're not gouged on tolls, everything it runs very well, very efficiently, not in New York State. They've got more damn authorities a power authority, a bridge authority, a throughway authority, an authority to overlook the authorities. By comparison, Florida, again, about 10 to 15% higher population. New York State 227 billion. Budget deficits of over the next three years, 22 billion. Our budget just released by Governor DeSantis, $115 billion. Now you say, wait a minute, wow, what a difference. I mean, you're talking, you know, $110 billion less than New York State. So Florida's roads must be terrible because they're not spending anything to maintain the roads and bridges. Florida's education system must be horrible. Everything in Florida, the infrastructure must be crumbling. It's terrible. And yet it's the opposite. Our roads are great. Our bridges are great. Schools are properly funded. The governor has proposed further tax relief from even last year. Toll relief for those that commute on a regular basis. They're reducing the tolls. And now he just proposed a permanent tax elimination, sales tax elimination for baby supplies, baby formula, diapers, things of that nature. And while New York State is looking to outlaw gas stoves and gas furnaces, Governor DeSantis said, we are going to have a permanent sales tax relief on gas stoves, and all other appliances. New York State would never reduce a tax. Never. It's raise, raise, raise. It is simply amazing the difference between two states. There is no sales tax. Correction. There is no excise tax on cigars in the Sunshine Freedom Cigar State of Florida. When you go to buy a cigar, the only tax you will pay is what the sales tax rate is. It could be 7% in some counties. It could be 7.5%. could be 8%. That's it. There is no excise tax. In New York State, when you purchase a cigar, there is a 75% excise tax, current excise tax, on the wholesale cost of a cigar. So let's say you go to buy a $10 cigar. The wholesale cost on that is about $5. You look at 75% of $5. You're talking roughly about just under 4 bucks, 3.75 approximately thereof. So that $10 cigar now, when you add the excise tax and then you go ahead and you add the sales tax, you're looking easily at 15, 16 bucks for that cigar. In Florida, it's $10 plus let's say 7% sales tax. Big difference. But it's not enough in New York state. It is not enough. Hochul, the governor, Kathy Feckless Hochul, has just, in her budget, proposed an increase of the cigarette tax, a dollar per pack, and there's now an assembly bill in the New York State Legislature looking to increase the, whole, the excise tax on cigars from 75% to 95%. Already the highest in the country, now they jack it up even more. You tell me what product you buy that has a 95% excise tax. This country was founded on excessive taxation, on tea of all things, way back. There's a reason why we went through the independence war. Because we wanted to secure our forefathers' freedom, they didn't want excessive taxation without representation. We all learned that in grade school. I don't know what they learned today in grade school. That's a different thing. They're all being indoctrinated. Subject for another show. But in New York State, excessive taxation—seventy-five percent now going to ninety-five percent—and now the cigarette tax is going to go to five seventy-five a pack. You know where people are going to what they're going to do? They're going to buy in the black market. They're going to go to neighboring states. Very simple. They wonder why tax revenues are down in New York State. It's because the excessive taxation. And in every example in this country where state legislatures have reduced the excise tax on cigars or put a cap on it, Oregon is a perfect example. 75%, I believe, excise tax, 50 cent cap. The tax revenues went way up. Why? Because people started to patronize their local cigar retailers. They didn't have to go out of state. They didn't have to go to mail order. They went and bought their cigars locally. Tax rates went, tax receipts went up when they lowered the tax and put a tax cap. Maybe New York State could figure that out. But yet, here it is. New York State, 20 million people, $227 billion budget, Gaps the next three years of $22 billion. Florida, $115 billion. Record surplus. I think we've got $13 or $15 billion surplus last year. We'll have it this year. Record low unemployment. State is booming. People are happy. People are living. None of the mask bullshit. A tale of two states and two political philosophies. And yet, what I find completely incredible is that cannabis... Marijuana, weed, pot, legalized now in New York State recreationally. Excise tax rate, 13%. Now you tell me, ultimately, does weed do more damage? And I'm not talking about medicinal marijuana. For people that need it for health purposes, I have no problem with that. Medicinal legit. Not these people that say, oh, I got to go get my medicinal card. Oh, you know what? I've got a little anxiety. I need it. Okay, and the doctor signs off. That's bullshit. I'm talking for legitimate medical reasons. People that are undergoing cancer treatments or have glaucoma or other health issues where the sign shows that marijuana, cannabis, is actually of benefit. It is, has medicinal properties. No problem. But when I see they're only putting a 13% excise tax on weed, on pot, and yet now they want a 95% tax on cigars? You tell me what product ultimately does more harm. I've never seen somebody get pulled over for driving while puffing a cigar. I've never seen a cop say, I need you to pull over. I need to see uh, you know, if you're being affected by puffing on that cigar. Yet, you smoke weed, it absolutely affects your reflexes. It absolutely affects your your mental reasoning and capacity. A cigar never caused an accident. I assure you, marijuana absolutely did. But 13% on cannabis, yet a 75% tax currently on cigars now being proposed to 95% isn't enough. What is wrong with this picture? And then when you want to go smoke a cigar somewhere, oh, I'm sorry, we can't allow smoking outside in a patio, in a golf course, on a golf course, on the beach, on a park, on a city street, on the sidewalk. No, no smoking. Bad. But I've talked to friends in New York City saying, you go everywhere and you can smell pot cannabis all over the place. And nobody says boo. Cannabis is okay. It's fine. Smoke wherever you want. A cigar? How dare you smoke that cigar on the sidewalk? How dare you smoke that cigar where nobody is around on the middle of a beach? But yet, pot, please go ahead. Make yourself at home. Light up a joint wherever you'd like. It really is. The hypocrisy is absolutely amazing. And you wonder why everyone wants to get the hell out of New York State. That is your answer. People are absolutely fed up. It's amazing to me. Florida, more population, $115 billion budget, no excise tax on cigars. New York State, $227 billion. 75% excise tax on cigars, maybe going to be 95%. Talk about a state that is anti-business, that is enemy of residents. New York State, now they want to eliminate gas stoves by I think the end of this year or next year. And then gas uh, gas furnaces. Yet, the governor cooks on a gas stove. All the people, you can be sure, that the elite will continue to find a way. They'll buy their gas stove somewhere else. They'll get it in Florida. They'll get it in other states. And I'm glad to see that Joe Manchin, the Democrat, wishy-washy Democrat from West, by God, Virginia, who probably is going to get creamed by a Republican, and uh, I think he runs either next year or the year after, I think a year after, during the presidential election in 2024. He is now proposing legislation to federally allow gas stoves so that they couldn't be eliminated by an edict or an executive order, allowing gas appliances and gas stoves. Good. I hope it passes. Anybody that votes against is an idiot should be called out. When you have, and I talked about this a few weeks ago, you've got the Federal Trade Commission saying, well, you know, we're seeing these studies showing that asthma increases when people use gas stoves, which is a totally contrived, made-up study. And when all of a sudden they got a ton of heat for it, Biden said, no, 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 we're not thinking about it. Oh, that's ridiculous. Once they... You hear that? It's not. It's like a cockroach. Once that cockroach, the head rears into the House, it's not stopping. It's not going to turn around. Same thing. Let's hope the legislators in Washington, both the House and Senate, and then Biden will have no choice because he'll look like an idiot if he doesn't sign this thing. Let's hope they get this legislation passed. Don't take away my gas appliances. Don't take away my gas grill. and Do not take away my gas cooktop. Stay the hell away. Government just can't help themselves. Absolutely amazing. And here in Florida, we got a governor saying, no, no, you enjoy your gas stove. We're going to take tax off that and appliances. You enjoy your freedom. We don't have any excise taxes on cigars. You enjoy yourself. Have a cigar. Cook something on your gas stove. Fire up your gas grill. Live your life. Amazing what a difference. The enemies of pleasure are rearing their ugly heads, and now all of a sudden the same people that said, oh, I have no problem with uh, eliminating smoking you know, on, on, uh, on, on, in parks and golf courses and streets. I have no problem with an excise tax on, on soft drinks and sugar-related drinks. Now all of a sudden, when their gas stove gets taken away from them, look the hell out. I always say, always be careful incrementalism. They'll come after one thing, they won't be satisfied. They'll come after something again and again until all of a sudden it's something you enjoy and you partake in, at which point they will screw you. The International Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony featuring the CAO Nicaragua and Jefferson's Ocean Voyage Bourbon coming up next. Gurkha has long been the king when it comes to opulent, grandly-made cigars. And the new Gurkha Pure Evil more than lives up to that legacy. Gurkha originally launched the Pure Evil 15 years ago as a limited edition cigar. They went back to their blend vault. They tweaked the blend to add more flavor, more complexity. The result is a Gurkha Pure Evil that is loaded with flavor, full body, Full notes of richness. Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler. Don't let the name fool you. The Gurkha Pure Evil is pure cigar pleasure. Gurkha, the world's finest cigars. Visit Gurkhasigars.com.
1: secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation.
0: Well, I have just pulled out a beautiful CAO Nicaragua. Beautiful looking cigar. I remember at the time, Rick Rodriguez, who was with CAO, now with West Tampa Cigar, started his own cigar. But he was very excited about this blend. And I remember he gave the... Maybe about six months before the cigar was officially announced and released, he gave me a cigar. We were out to lunch one day here in the Sunshine State and Freedom State of Florida. We're outside on the patio. We have a great lunch. He hands out, uh, pulls out a few cigars, no band on it, and he said, "Try this cigar, General." What is it? Just smoke it. I said, "This is good." I said, "Definitely has some nice uh, medium." Medium, full notes, but very smooth, very pleasant. And then he said, this is coming out. This is going to be our CAO Nicaragua. And I have one in hand, beautiful, band, blue, red, gold. It features a Honduran Hamastron wrapper. Oily, shiny wrapper, Honduran Hamastron binder. Then we get to the Nicaraguan part in the filler. Nicaraguan Condega. Nicaraguan Esteli. And Nicaraguan Jalapa. Beautiful looking cigar. Comes in three sizes. The Granada, which is a Toro, 6x50. The Matagalpa, which is a Corona, 5.6 inches by 46. And the Tipitapa. I could say that all day. The Tipitapa. A Robusto. Just a shade under 5 inches by 46. 50 ring gauge, 50-64, 7-inch in diameter. I have pulled out the Matacalpa. I love Corona-sized cigars. It's a great walk-the-dog cigar, great Sunday morning cigar, Saturday morning cigar, just love it. Can't go wrong. The suggested retail on the CO Nicaragua, all in the $8 category. Three sizes only, around $8. Bucks. You'll probably see between $8 and $8.50 wherever you go. New York State, that's another story. 75% excise tax, screwing cigar connoisseurs, as you know. But if you come to Pennsylvania, Florida, other states that don't have an excise tax, suggested retail is 8 to 850. Beautiful looking cigar. It's going to be medium plus to full. But it's definitely not for a novice cigar connoisseur. And when you look at the cigar, this cigar construction, it just the the various tobaccos from Nicaragua, the various farms, everyone even though they're relatively close to each other, adds a very unique complexion. So this is a nice-looking cigar. Again, this has got a lot of flavor. This is not for an amateur, a, a neophyte looking for a super mild creamy cigar. But for those of you that are experienced cigar connoisseurs, have a nice steak dinner, maybe some gumbo, something with spice, big, bold cab, or a nice, bold bourbon, the CAO Nicaragua would definitely be the way to go. A very nice cigar. And in fact that reminds me, we'll have to get uh, Rico Suave, Rick Rodriguez now of West Tampa Cigar. We'll have to come in because he's uh, have him on the show. He's got some very unique offerings and uh, one of my favorites in the cigar industry. Wonderful gentleman.
1: Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. You know,
0: I use the self sharpening double-edged stainless guillotine, but I've got to tell you I've got several pair of cigar scissors. You can hear me opening and closing. It's just an elegant way when you have guests over to cut your cigar. You just can't go wrong with it. So that's exactly what I will use today, a very elegant pair of cigar scissors.
1: Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus.
0: I've got the Cigar Dave grenade from the R&D Laboratories giant jet flame. Feels like a great... i got to tell you something. If I could get this flame long enough, I would like this thing and I would shoot that damn... Chinese Communist Party, spy balloon, right off the face of the planet, right out of the stratosphere. I would blow that son of a bitch up, no hesitation. And you know, I was thinking about it, maybe we need the civilians, the American citizens to do the job that the Pentagon and our brain-dead commander-in-chief president
1: can't do. But don't get me started. Cigar Cigar pre-litation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one.
0: All right, perfect cut, taking my time. Just, I cut the cigar, the head just above the shoulders. Now I'll toast the foot of the cigar. Listen to that flame, taking my time. Oh, how beautiful. Again, on a Corona cigar, it's not going to take you a ton. of 46 ring gauge, not going to take you a ton of time to toast this and puff and rotate and get litation going. Here we go. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Spice notes right off the bat. Mm. 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 Very pleasant. Perfect. Even amber glow. I do not need a touch up. Mm. Outstanding. Nice full flavor, spice, little earthiness to it. Now I need the appropriate libation. And joining us as always, Tommy D. Tommy Diadio, the Senior Executive VP of Spirits Procurement for the Corona Cigar Store and Lounges in Orlando, Tampa, soon to be Sarasota. And also our resident Sommelier, Tommy. We start February. Hard to believe it's February already, Tommy. I know. Time flies. We were just doing the champagne and sparkling wine tasting not that long ago. Yeah. The a month has already flown by, and the spirits that we, uh, the spirit that we have selected jointly, I might add, to start February, is uh, an interesting straight bourbon, bourbon whiskey. That we will relay the backstory on, but it's the Jeffersons Ocean Aged at Sea, where they actually take bourbon and they put them in barrels and they mm-hmm. take them across the world, and and as it sloshes around, it actually changes the okay. the flavor
3: complexion of yeah. the whiskey. And they all have voyages. This is one more taste in today's voyage 28. Some of them are wheat, some of them are rye. Um, they only did the rye one time. So I think they go out for about three, I think it's three months, three or four months, the voyages. Well,
0: there's an interesting backstory, Tommy, because we were conducting for National Bourbon Heritage Month a number of years ago, our uh, uh, bourbon and American whiskey tasting. <clears throat> yeah. And all of a sudden, I see you on the on the side of the uh, table with someone else, and you're <laughs> laughing, Chris Rich. having a great time. Chris Rich. Chris Rich. Right pouring you know the jeffersons which was the i think presidential Preston. 17 yes. if i'm not mistaken and you're going to town on it and then you come on and i said oh gee you really enjoyed that and you
3: tell us the story yeah i said you know you have no idea what this is i had no idea so basically the 17 the 18 they were pappy you know like stetson one pa- uh, barrels which right with weed so anything that was 17 years old were pappy barrels so in the beginning troy zoller everything he used was sourced So he bought a bunch of barrels from Diageo and some from Willett. And the Weta barrel that was 100% Pappy Van Winkle, 17, it probably was going to be Pappy 20 or Pappy 23 when they went defunct. And you were just a little bit out of it, and it was. And as soon as I heard that you told me what that was worth, I grabbed it, sealed it up,
0: and secured it, and I haven't touched it since. It was $2,800
3: at the time. It was whatever Something it was. Like it was yeah, yeah. It cost me a fortune that day, Tommy. <laughs> it was already open, and it cost you a
0: fortune. Had to be sealed. No, we had a great time, and it is it, it was excellent. No ifs, ands, or buts. And I picked that almost randomly. I just thought it was kind of a yeah. cool, you know, Jefferson, just kind of a cool name, cool well, backstory. You might have been
3: gifted that from Troy at the time. No, 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 no. I, I bought that. I remember, that? and it wasn't that expensive. No, not I think not it was maybe then. forty bucks at the time. No, that one at that time probably would have been. I bought it a few years before. About 89, 90 bucks. No, it's definitely less than that. Yeah,
0: Forty. Well, it was probably in the 60, yeah. maybe 65. Yeah. But it wasn't outrageous. And so now Jefferson's interesting. They uh, expanded and it became a very unique boutique bourbon. And what happens with all these bourbon companies that end up becoming yeah.
3: successful? One of the big guys comes in and well, buys them. this has flipped hands a bunch of times. So it started in 97 with Trey and his dad. And then it sold for the first time in 2000, Castle Brands. And then which turned... Purchased the French alcohol beverage, John, I mean, then in 19, 2019, the Pinot Ricard bought it. Pinot Ricard. Mm-hmm. All right, so fantastic. All right, Tommy, suggested retail for this Jefferson's this, Oceans Aged at Sea. So it's $75. It's for minimum of four plus. Minimum so it's four years of age. Between four and five. And not only when it sloshes around, but when you're going in different climates. If
0: you go to a warm Correct. Caribbean climate and then come back up to a northern climate or other climates around the world, that's going to change as the as the wood of the barrel
3: contracts and and mm-hmm. and uh, expands. Well, and also what they just did too is they released the first one in New York. It's the Jefferson's Ocean with the water they used to proof it down, New York water. Oh, and New York water is excellent. Now, there's one that's going to be a Florida water. I'm Wondering. <laughs> that's not going to be good, unless they go to Zephyr Hills. Yeah. If they go to They're Zephyr Hills to. at the source, yeah. and this
0: is Zephyr Hills Spring, then it'll be fine. Yeah. But if you go anywhere else, Florida, that's why everybody buys bottled water Correct. in Florida. I never bought bottled water in my Neither life until I. I moved to Florida. Neither did I. New York State, when I lived in Baltimore, yeah. the water was all great right out of the yeah. tap. Move to Florida. I'm like this is like drinking sand water. Yes, it's All right. Well, without any delay, Tommy, let's go and uh, hit it here. Where is it here? Right here. Oh, there it is. Okay, gotcha. We'll swirl it around. We'll say, "Cheers!" First on the nose. Wow, I'm getting some nice maple notes. I think these are 90 proof. Are they?
3: Yep, 90 proof.
0: Appearance looks good. Not a lot of viscosity. Take a sip. Hmm. Light as it comes on the palate, but then it's got some sizzle. It's got the ethanol in it. It's young. A little smokiness in there. It's ethanol. It's ethanol? Young.
3: Yeah, that's from the corn. Yeah. It's very young. Very sweet. Sweet with some sizzle and a little spice. I'm going to take another sip here, Tommy. That's what happens when the big boys buy it. It gets younger. Mmm.
0: Yeah, you can taste the corn. There's oh, no doubt about yeah. it. Doesn't have that. It needs to be a year minimum of a year and a half older. Yeah. Now, this is where a secondary ferment. Uh, filtering like they do the the Lincoln County process with Jack Daniel's with gentleman jack that would be good. All right, so our to start off February for our Bold Alpha weekly spirits segment, the Jefferson's Ocean Aged at Sea. Cheers to all I had the pleasure of knowing the late great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying. He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Have an update on the Chinese Communist Party spy balloon. As of now, it is sitting over Charlotte, North Carolina, one of my favorite spots. So it has made its way. It's gone essentially on a south southeasterly heading, Montana over Missouri, and now spotted. I'm looking at several pictures uh, where early this morning it was over Fairview, North Carolina, now Charlotte, and uh, it's at 195 degrees. Moving east-south-east. question is, when is this thing going to get blown to smithereens? It must be blown to smithereens as soon as it... Uh, listen, I would have done it when it was over Montana. But it'll be very interesting to see if brain-dead Biden and the Pentagon does not blow this thing down. We have our answer that clearly Biden, in the well, we know he's in the pocket of the CCP, but we will look weaker than ever in the history of the United States of America. Absolutely incredible. I want to talk about an event that took place over a week ago, but this is the first time I've had to address it. And I'm talking about the murder in Memphis by five and now six dirty cops, three EMTs. So six dirty cops have been fired. Over the death of 29-year-old Tyree Nichols, three EMTs fired for dereliction of duty, the fact that they did nothing when they came to the crime scene, and that's what it was, murder, and did nothing. They waited 15, 20 minutes to address Tyree Nichols. What took place is an absolute outrage. I have stated all along. And I know this is a controversial position. I believe that many of the cops that are being hired today in police forces across the country, on the local, county, state, even federal level, are psychopaths. Many of them are on power trips. They're all jacked up at the gym. They're taking steroids, testosterone, you can't miss it. You see the, 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 the blood vessels bulging out of their heads. You know, these are the guys that wear shirts that are like three sizes too small and their uh, muscles, their guns, as I said, not the guns on their holster, but the guns, their biceps are just, triceps just exploding out of their shirts. There are many cops that are being hired today and they become cops because they are on a power trip. It gives them a sense of authority, it gives them a sense of power, a sense of superiority. There is a reason why we see many cops beat the shit out of their wives and girlfriends. This, this we see stories every year. I just saw another one, uh, probably two in the last three weeks. Cops abusing their wives, not surprising. Now, not every cop is dirty, as bad, as one of these uh, psychopaths, but there are too many in the forces. And I know that's for fact because I've spoken to many chiefs that I know that are big listeners that say, look, I can never come out and tell you this publicly. But privately, the problem is, is this is what we're getting right now. And if we didn't get some of these guys that, you know, we knew walking in the door, we're going to have problems with these guys. And we also have a problem where many good cops cover for bad cops. And that is unacceptable where you like my CAO Nicaragua, that is unacceptable. As a police officer, the public expects that you take an oath that you are going to serve and protect. You are going to act within the law. You are going to be not above the law, but within the law you are going to abide by the law with honor but we have seen far too many examples of cops that get all jacked up you see it the 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 you see that when they some of these stops should be a routine stop no big deal but they almost want to make it into a big deal you know you see that as they Get into the deeper into a stop or whatever the case is, they start getting all jacked up. And you see that, you know, the endorphins in their body are kicking in and they're really getting all jacked up. They almost want a confrontation, they live for a confrontation. And I don't care if there are 10% of the cops that are bad. And you can say, well, 90% are great, 10% is too much. It should be zero you got to weed out the bad apples. They've got to be weeded out. They've got to be taken care of. It is that simple. Weed them out. The only people that it hurts are the good cops. And by a good cop maintaining, uh, uh, being quiet, not, not doing their part to get rid of these bad guys, they are harming the overall profession and the perception. And there are so many unanswered questions. Now when we look at the pulling over of Tyree Nichols, nobody to this day, nobody knows what caused the initial stop. Was he speeding? Were his lights not on? Did he blow through a red light? Nobody can say that. Nobody has said anything. And now it's coming out that there's a possibility, a likelihood, that one of the cops, one of the bad cops, was pissed because Tyree Nichols who worked at FedEx was banging one of his co-workers who happened to be either the ex-wife or ex-girlfriend of the cop that initiated the stop and the other cops were in on it now if that is the case that's not second degree murder that is first degree murder if he knew pulling over Tyree Nichols he was going to beat the hell out of him that was premeditated he hunted him down. He was waiting for him. It wasn't random. It was not a random act. Well, when I saw the video, the body cam video, unbelievable. These guys were all juiced up, jacked up, pass- t- tasing, pepper spraying, ad infinitum. This was not a random pullover. This was a vendetta. And people say, well, if he would have just listened to what the cops had to say, oh, No. That is not a case of somebody being pulled over, giving your license and registration. He didn't even ask for the license and registration. He pulled Nichols, and I can't remember the the one officer's name, the scumbag, but he pulled out Nichols right out of the car, opened the door, pulled him right out. Didn't say, I need your license and registration. This was premeditated. And all five, and now there's a six that was involved as well, not only should have been fired, I'm glad second-degree murder, but if it proves, if it is proven that Nichols was in a relationship with the former wife or girlfriend of the cop that initiated the stop, clearly all the other cops knew. This, 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 this Scorpion unit, this was not random. They knew. They all talked, and he probably said, look, I've got to get after this guy. And maybe he didn't want to clearly didn't want to murder him, but they let it get way the hell out of hand. Unacceptable. These are dirty cops. These are psychopathic cops, and they were black cops. And we always hear about white cops pulling over a, you know, a black suspect and, and abusing. We saw it with George Floyd. And by the way, George Floyd was no prince. He should not have been murdered. But George Floyd was no prince. Make no mistake. They make him out like he's a a saint. He wasn't a saint. Bad news. But nobody, once an arrest has been made, there should be no further violence. You should act professionally and say, okay, no matter how hot you may get as a cop, that is your job to de-escalate, de-escalate, de-escalate. Once you have the suspect, have him in handcuffs, That ends. There's no beating up. There's no tasering. There's no guns. There is no pepper spray. It's done. Finished. But many of these cops, these psychopaths, get all juiced up. They get all jacked up. And for those cops that are listening right now, and I know I've got many, they love cigars. They love the show. You know what I'm talking about. You've seen it. You've seen it. And I guarantee many of you have stayed quiet about it, and you shouldn't. You see a bad cop should be reported. And I know there's this brotherhood amongst cops, but I'm sorry. When that, is, when that takes place, your duty as a sworn law officer is to get rid of these psychopathic, dirty, juiced up cops. Watching this. And by the way, there was a on the corner where this was taking place, there was a police activated security camera on a you know giant light pole. And whomever was operating that back at headquarters, they were watching what was taking place. They were moving the camera. They saw he's getting beaten up, and not one of them says, hey, we need other units out there. These guys are are, are beating the hell out of this suspect or this person. This has got to end. Not one of them got on the radio and said, knock it off right now. Nobody. There will be more heads that will roll. In addition to the six cops, five black cops, one white cop, and three EMTs, one white, two blacks. Now, we always hear that the police department should reflect, better reflect the community. Well, Memphis is majority black, the city of Memphis. These were five black cops. There was one, uh, six, one later, but the primary initiators were five black cops beating up a black citizen, a black resident of Memphis. That's black-on-black crime. And what did we hear from Al Sharpton? I mean, Al Sharpton did come out and say, hey, listen, this is unacceptable, you know, black uh, cops. That's... But then they always have to bring it over to race. Had to bring it over to race. Because you can't just say, hey, these were five bad black cops, and what they did is wrong. They can't just say it was wrong, period. Oh, no. It's always got to, we've got to bring up the white racist card, the white supremacy card. This absolute nutcase Congresswoman Cori Bush, who, (laughs) I mean, absolute ultra-leftist nutcase, issues a statement blaming white supremacy for the police killing of Tyree Nichols. Excuse me, every cop involved was black, all five, initially, and then a sixth one came along, was white. Five cops that initiated this were all black. Black cops beat Tyree Nichols to a pulp in the hospital three days before dying. Here are the five former officers. Tadarius Bean, Demetrius Haley, Desmond Mills Jr., Emmett Martin III, Justin Smith, all arrested charged with second-degree murder, as we all know. Black cops. And then Bush says... Tyree Nichols should be alive today. I agree with that. He should be playing with his four-year-old son. I agree with that. He should be skateboarding and photographing Sunset. I agree with that. But instead, Tyree was brutally beaten to death by Memphis police officers. Oh, she forgot black Memphis police officers. And then she goes on to say, charging the officers who brutalized Tyree is not enough. I agree with that. She says, our country will continue to sanction the taking of black lives with impunity, until it embraces an affirmative vision of public safety and dismantles its racist policing system rooted in enslavement and government control. So let me ask you this, Corey. You say that the cops took black lives with impunity. Tyree Nichols was black. The cops that killed him were black. You tell me, where's... (laughs) Killing with impunity. You got black on black crime. We see this all the time. We see it in Chicago every day, every weekend, and yet nothing is done about it. But it's always got to pull out the race card. People are fed up with the racist bullshit. Everyone I know says, "Hey, listen, there should be everybody should be treated equally." And when I see a, a, a cop stop a black person or or anybody, Asian, whatever and get abusive, that is, that is absolutely wrong. That should be called out. And thank goodness we have the body cams now. Because now we see many of these crimes were covered up. Now we see these scumbag cops in action. We saw exactly. Now that these cops know they had body cameras on, and yet they still beat the crap out of Tyree Nichols. They knew that. And they beat him and beat him and tased him and pepper sprayed him and kicked him and they murdered him. Cameras all over the place. Everything that people say, blacks have said we need cops, uh, police forces that represent our community. Great, we have that. And here you have five black cops. If white cops did this, same result, unacceptable. But we have black cops that did this. So let's not blame white enslavement, white supremacy. That's all nonsense. That is a distraction from what took place. When we see bad cops, I don't care what color, white, black, Asian, you name it, got to get rid of them. It is unacceptable. And what I saw was an absolute outrage. You saw it, you were outraged. And for three Memphis EMTs, whose job it is to save lives, that's what they are trained for, to sit around and do nothing Unacceptable. Robert Long, Jamichael Sandridge, and Lieutenant Michelle Whitaker were found to have violated multiple department policies and protocols. They were fired, and they should be criminally charged. To sit around and do nothing is unacceptable. And there's not one of these cops, one of these cops that said, hey, hold it, get back, enough. Not one. What does that tell you? And now it's come out that the cops in Memphis, they lowered the standards. I've talked to several police chiefs and high-ranking police officials in various parts of the country the last few weeks. And I asked them, I said, what's the story? They all said the same thing. Look, we would have no police department if we didn't lower our standards. Used to be you have to have college education. We've waived that. Okay, fine. We've waived that. Used to be you couldn't have arm-sleeve tattoos all over the place. They waived that. They keep waving and waving things to the point that you are going to get the dregs of the earth as cops. Cops should be the creme de la creme. They should be the ones that say, we are going to operate within the law. We are going to uphold the law, and we are not going to treat. I don't care what a suspect does. Once the handcuffs are on, that's it. And this guy, I mean, what they said, well, he shouldn't have run after initially, you know, they pulled him out of the car. I'll tell you why he ran, because he knew exactly what was taking place. He knew they were going to beat the shit out of him. He knew this wasn't a legitimate traffic stop. When you're not even asked for your license and registration, what does that tell you? It is outrageous. There are far too many cops with a God complex, with an authority complex, with with a psychopathic complex that have to be weeded out. Trust me, I've seen them all over the place. In Tampa, we have them. I've witnessed it. And when you say, hey, guys, back off a little bit. We'll arrest you too. There's a shit ton of psychopathic, jacked up, testosterone-laden bad cops. They're dirty. They're vile. We've got to get rid of them. And to any good cop that stands around and allows it to happen, they are just as complicit. Get rid of the bad cops. What took place in Memphis, I don't care if he was banging every one of their wives. I don't care if he was banging every one of their girlfriends. That was a blatant, premeditated, murderous hit. No difference than the mob. No difference than a gang. These five gentlemen, correction, I'm not going to use gentlemen, these five thugs, and now there's a six and the three EMTs, none of them, none of them in any way, shape, or form should have been allowed on that force because clearly there were problems, there were some violations early on with these guys, should have been weeded out. You see a violation, get rid of them. Now many police chiefs are seeing it. In Tampa, we had an example a number of years ago. It's got to be at least five, six, maybe longer years ago, where there was a the DUI unit, specific unit. They had a captain who oversaw the unit was dirty. The cops in it were dirty. They were pulling people over. In fact, I know someone that was pulled over. <laughs> he had a nice settlement from the city of Tampa. But he was pulled over saying that suspicion of DUI, all right, did everything. He took the breathalyzer on site, 0.0. He recited the numbers, 101 backwards. He walked the line. No problem, but they arrested him anyway. Oh, we smelled it on his breath, they said. They draw blood as soon as he got there, 0.0. And yet it took months. he was in jail for what? I think a day, he said, until he could get out? It took years until he was finally able to to not only get it expunged, but also sue the city. And the current mayor of Tampa, Jane Fidel Castor, was the police chief at the time, knew exactly what was going on. She knew she had dirty cops, and by extension, she was a dirty cop. She knew she had dirty cops and did nothing. And when it finally did come out, the prosecutor and the police department went through all the different DUIs that this this group had charged people with, and they had to toss... A ton of them, because it was all bullshit. That is unacceptable. That is blatant abuse of police power. I'm sick of it. I'm fed up with it. We have to call it what it is. There's a shit ton of cops that are dirty, that are psychopaths, that psychologically should never be hired, that are all jacked up on testosterone and steroids that makes them even more volatile. Get rid of them. They are a cancer within police organizations across the country. And police chiefs need to wake up. Good cops need to wake up and get rid of these guys. Enough is enough. All right. That will wrap it up for this edition of The Cigar Dave Show. Don't forget, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review. And let's hope that by the time that uh, you listen to this show that the Chinese Communist Party balloon has been pulverized and blown to smithereens. Otherwise, we've got even bigger problems. It is ridiculous. Cigar Dave the General saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ash be extra, extra long. Semper delicatio. always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw the Chinese Communist Party and screw all the dirty cops in this country.